You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Bills Mafia, what is up? It is Thursday afternoon, and we love it. People are out. The masses want shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. We're getting comments all over the place. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for making this what it has become already. We're really going hard trying to bring you guys daily uh, training camp podcasts, especially with fans not able to be there. I think it's great to kind of connect with you guys and give you as much uh, as we can from practice. And I'm joined, as always, by my tag team partner, Ryan Talbot. Ryan, I was out at the stadium today. It was a blustery one. I was able to get my hair kind of back and kind of working here. Um, but it, it was a big day for Josh Allen. A huge day. And I don't think it's just the fans that are hyped, Matt. I'm hyped. You should be hyped because <laughs> what happened today? I heard the magical number, 300 yards. So hold on one second. Let me get, let me get my party hat on. <laughs> got the confetti going i am pumped up and i hope i never have to hear that number again i know it was a scrimmage i know it was against the second team defense but josh allen did it 300 yards passing without his <laughs> number one wide receiver matt perino i am pumped up and i don't want to hear about 300 yard passing days ever again it hasn't mattered in the past the fan should be pumped up that he did it today but come on he did it it's in the books. Let's count it as official and let's never bring up that number again. So I'm floored right now, Ryan Talbot. When you texted me and said, I got some props going with the Josh Allen stuff. I thought we were going to talk about some prop bets in the first couple of weeks with 300 yard passing. No, you got a birthday hat confetti and you are celebrating live. This is, you know, this is why all you guys that are are, are supporting us in the audio versions, uh, Spotify, Apple, um, Google, all the platforms, we really appreciate you. But if you're not watching the video broadcast, you're missing Ryan Talbot just bringing the energy, and I love it. And, you know, we'll get right into this thing here, Ryan. Josh was, he was really, I thought, crisp under the conditions. And, you know, I think that you could, if you wanted to, you could take some issue 
with some of the passes today. He was a little bit erratic in terms of where he was putting the ball. Cole Beasley specifically, I thought he kind of was all over the place on his routes. He had to kind of react and uh, kind of make some adjustments on some balls thrown behind him low. But it was a really windy day out there. And so I think that all things considered, you end the day 33 completions for 45 passes, over 70% completion percentage. And I think you're sitting there saying, that is a win. That is a victory. Because you know what? There's going to be... um, there's been a period of ramp up here and this today was really the first time that anybody's been in a game environment. And usually, you know, Josh Allen being in a game environment, we'd be talking about, you know, a quarter, a couple series, you know, he was out there for the entirety of what the bills did today. And that was a little over uh, two quarters. They went about uh, seven minutes into the third quarter. And then they worked on some, some other stuff uh, that we can't talk about. And then they ended the day. Um, all in all, I, I think that it was a real big bummer going into the day because, you know, everybody was excited. The first time to get a chance to see Stefan Diggs on a football field with Josh Allen in uniform, and you kind of lost out on that. Uh, some, some so lo- sore lower back. They held Diggs out today. We'll monitor that as we move along here. Uh, probably a lighter practice tomorrow. Um, but everybody else that showed up delivered. I mean, uh, John Brown with nine catches to lead the way. Uh, old reliable, same old, same old Cole Beasley with seven catches, Gabe Davis, Gabriel Davis, I should say, um, with six grabs. And I let off the observations, you know, with Josh, but also with, with Gabriel, because this was a spot where he would, you know, um, with Stefan Diggs out of the lineup, there was going to be more opportunity for Gabriel Davis. And he took full advantage of it today. He made some plays, uh, the one interception, on the day for Josh Allen came off the hands of Gabriel Davis, which he'd probably like to have that game back, but it was a, it was a zinger. I mean, that thing was coming in from Josh and, and it kind of bounced off of his hands right into the hands of Saran Neal, who uh, Saran Neal continues to play really, really well. He was, he, I thought he was really solid in coverage today. Um, had a bunch of fun matchups to watch, which we also can't talk about, but it was uh it was a good day. I think uh, from a receiving perspective, for that first team where, you know, I think that that worked with Josh Allen, the second team, however, the backups, um, they struggled. They struggled quite a, quite a bit against the starting defense, which I think going into this, you would have to expect that would be the case. I mean, going up against, you know, Tredavious white, Jerry Hughes, Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, you know, Matt Barkley struggled to get, find any type of consistency and get, get drives moving. Uh, I thought that TJ Yeldon did a really nice job. Um, playing with uh, uh, on on that uh, on that side of things, and um, but it was just like the pressure all day long. Uh, the 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 backup offensive line really struggled to contain them. Jerry Hughes with a sack. Ed Oliver, I don't think was actually credited with a sack, but if this was a live environment with the quarterbacks, he would have gotten Barkley back there. Quentin Jefferson with a sack and a tackle for a loss. Um, I think Tremaine Edmonds was close on one too. uh, Tredavious white had a bat down pass on a, on a corner blitz. So they were active. They were flying around the football and it was just like, it was a fun day. I mean, they, they threw the ball a lot. I mean, obviously Josh Allen, 45 attempts in, in under three quarters. I mean, I can, you can do the math there. Uh, so, but just a fun day to be out the stadium. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, going back to Gabe Davis and uh, Gabriel Davis and, and the interception, you know, that's probably something that will come with time in terms of learning how much Josh really puts on those passes. 
we saw that last year, even in the home o- or in, in the week one opener against the Jets, where uh, Beasley tried to bring one in off the ground and ended up being intercepted by CJ Mosley and, and things like that, where it, it takes some time to get used to that, that fastball, even though they've been practicing together. Uh, so that's going to come with time. And, and like you said, Beasley made some great adjustments today because he's played with Josh. Uh, he he kind of knows that sometimes it's not going to come in right where it needs to. And, and again, it's something that comes with time. But the silver lining here is this is what we should have expected. The starting offense being able to move the ball on the second team defense and the second team offense struggling against the first team defense. We did not have a New York Jets situation where the second team wiped the floor with the first team. So all of things considered, I think that you can take a ton of positives out of this day. And the performance of Josh Allen alone, not having his number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, makes it that much sweeter that he did perform pretty well when you when you factor all things in. Now, how about the run game? Because you mentioned that Zach Moss had the play of the day. Zach Moss was outstanding today. I mean, basically, he got the ball. It was a downhill run. He exploded through the line of scrimmage, uh, kind of deflected or bounced off a few would-be tacklers at the line of scrimmage that really didn't really have even him wrapped up and just unloaded on poor Dean Marlowe, who kind of, you know, you know, the, the basketball saying is meet me at 10 feet as a guy's going to the hoop, right? Well, it, that this was the football version of this one-on-one mano e mano and Zach Moss just absolutely truck stick Dean Marlowe. I mean, we were sitting, uh, group of media were sitting at about the 50 yard line, probably 20 rows up. And it was, it was as if I was on the sideline listening to that hit. It was a boom. Like it was a smack. And, you know, Zach Moss uh, involved in the passing game today, had a couple receptions, really nice plays. I like his versatility. There was one play where uh, he was coming uh, on a short pass from Allen and he kind of bobbled it for a second, brought it in, secured the pass really quick and immediately was up up upfield. And I never notice when he's when he's catching the ball that he's ever trying to run with it before he has it, and that's like it seems to be like a common, um, you know, area where rookie running backs, young running backs, struggle in the passing game is when they want to try to do something with the ball before they have it. I think that's where Dawson Knox struggled a lot last year, and so I think that you know he's. I feel like Zach Moss is just so much further along. Again, you don't want to overreact to this stuff too much because it's a practice environment. They were live hitting today as evidenced by this play we were just referencing but you know it it could be a situation where we get into the games and the workloads uh increase so i and maybe the the results aren't as promising but early indications are that the bills found a gem in the third round in zach moss yeah that's outstanding and he did say from day one you know he was going to make defenders make business decisions and apparently that means with his own teammates as well uh as evidenced by what happened today uh Devin Singletary also performed pretty well, though, to my understanding, based on yep. what you wrote. Uh, so, a, you know, go ahead. A uh, twenty-yard touchdown pass from uh, a twenty-ish yard. I can't say the exact number, but a, a, in the range of twenty yards, like it was a nice little running catch. Um, it, but it was a great play, and I feel like there. It really seems like cohesively speaking that the offense really felt like they understood what they wanted to accomplish today a lot of the time, and they got it done. Assignments um, being executed. And on that particular play, I thought that, you know, Allen put his hands up in the air when, you know, when Singletary was still, 
you know, a good ways away from the end zone. That's how, how well executed the play was. So um, they say uh, they, what we saw out of the offense today, the consistency and the one, the only real turnover was one off of a deflection. You got to be thrilled with that. Oh, without a doubt. And if the bills truly do have a, a, great one-two punch at running back that's just going to make josh allen's life that much easier uh and if the passing game performs like it did today to a certain extent that's going to make the the game easier for for singletary and moss too so it's all going to work hand in hand uh there are some comments about some offensive players here in in the chat isaiah's fans wondering how the isaiah's like isaiah mckenzie and isaiah hodgins anything of note from either today very quiet you know not not really anything of note um and again you know it's just more of what we talked about at the top i mean matt barkley you could just see like the funny thing is about it like you know he was on the backup team if he were to go into a game he'd be you know playing with the starters so i i guess like it's tough to criticize him too much for the way that he struggled today, considering who he was playing with and who he was going up against. Um, but, you know, Duke Williams made a nice catch on a ball from Barkley. I'm not sure. I think Hodgins was targeted once and it was an incompletion. Um, so not a lot of action. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see if this is going to be um, something where maybe next week they do something similar to either today or what they did last Thursday and maybe give uh, some, maybe mix things up a little bit in terms of who pe- players are playing with. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Isaiah McKenzie, it was actually Andre Roberts who was, was a guy that really took advantage of the opportunities given to him today. Three straight plays. I, I believe it was on the final uh, drive, either the final one or the second to last where he got three straight targets, three straight receptions that ended in a touchdown, a beautiful play on a throw from Josh Allen. Um, I believe it was Cam Lewis in coverage. But huge moment for Rob- Andre Roberts, a guy that you know the the truthers out there that say that you don't need a uh, you don't need a, a a return man. I think that Andre Roberts has proven the last two camps preseasons that he could do more than that. And I think that I wrote about it too, like. I think he could serve the, in the Isaiah McKenzie role. There's so many people that are so in love with that role. I think that if you allow Andre Roberts to do some of those things, you know, it was only eight catches for Isaiah McKenzie last year. So production wise, you know, I don't think that you're losing a whole lot if you, if you implement Andre Roberts in that. And a lot of it was used to kind of see what the defense was doing. A lot of motion stuff, a lot of, uh, you know, jet sweep stuff. I think he can do it. I think Gabe Davis can do it. If you go watch his UCF tape, I think he he ran some of that stuff in college. And Diggs, I tweeted out a video of Diggs the other day. I think he can do it too. So um, I think Andre Roberts is, you know, this is a big day for Andre Roberts. Oh, it, without a doubt. And, and you know, even from, without the wide receiver standpoint, you have to understand how important he is to the special teams units. And, and even if you don't look at where the Bills were in the top 10 in terms of kickoff returns and, and the punt return average and things like that, it's the fact that they can rely on him to to bring the ball in and not turn the ball over. That's so big, Sean McDermott and this team. And, you know, yeah, field position also is very important. But the, the fact that they trust him in that role is, is so big. It, um, some other talk now, offensive linemen with as much, you know, obviously there's there's certain things you can and cannot say. But Brian Winters and Cody Ford are being asked about in the chat. Anything stand out for either player today with those two? 
I thought he, I thought Cody was actually really solid today, and I thought that he played really well. He held up pretty well. I didn't notice, and again, it's tough. The line plays tough. I mean, there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot of guys. You know, when the offense is out there, I mean, I'm 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 trying to watch Gabriel Davis. I'm trying to watch Dawson Knox, and um, so sometimes you miss some plays. But every time I noticed Cody Ford, I felt like he was holding up. You know, in his protections. Um, He's always good in the run game as well. So, uh, but who was the other name that you you mentioned there? Brian, uh, Brian Winters. The one play where I did notice him today, he was getting um, uh, blown up a little bit. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, again, I think it was Ed Oliver that just absolutely ate his lunch on a, a on a power bull rush right up the gut, and that's the play that he got they that he got a sack. And, and of course, that's a good thing. You want Ed Oliver playing at that level. And I think that um, I, I hate to criticize winners too much because, again, I didn't notice uh, a lot of what was going on there. But, you know, big, big day for that first team or not first team that the, the starters, I should say, uh, on the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, and now beautiful transition. Mike Love sounded like he had quite a day for the defensive lineman, a uh, young guy who. The team liked enough last year, kept him around on the practice squad. Then he, you know, he had some injuries uh, or an injury last year, but he had the day. So it, first, we'll talk about a little bit about Mike Love, but then any other under the radar players that stood out to you today. But go ahead and start with Mike Love first. I'm so happy for Mike Love, man. I mean, I really the last two seasons have really enjoyed all my conversations with him. And what was cool about him last year, I spent some time with Lorenzo Alexander before um, during training camp and. One of the topics that came up and we were walking kind of on the sidelines after practice was about Mike Love and the time that Lorenzo Alexander spent with him in the offseason working on all of his pass rush moves. And he said the, from the time they ended the 2018 season to the start of training camp, he was absolutely floored at the uptick in, 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 in Love's game as a pass rusher. And you saw that early in training camp. Uh, I can't remember. Did was the injury before the preseason? Did he play in any preseason games, or he went out? I think he went out during camp. It may have been. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Right I can't now, remember but... either. But you know, lo and behold, he didn't really ever have a real shot to 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 threaten uh, Daryl Johnson, who ended up making the roster. But today was a reminder to everybody about what Mike Love can do on the field. He was energetic. Uh, he was. He looked athletic. He looked like a as a pass rusher. He looked even better than he did a year ago. And anytime that you can land a sack in these, in this environment, when the quarterback's not live and they have to blow the play dead, because a lot of times, you know, a quarterback can almost get away with, you know, not being sacked if they really want to in this environment, because they can't get hit. But those to two plays that Mike Love had, they were no doubters. They were sacks. And the one of them specifically, I was actually, my eyes met the matchup and it was against Daryl Williams who's had himself a really nice camp. Like I, I think Daryl Williams has been really good. So I think that's a feather in Mike Love's ca cap that he was able to beat Daryl Williams on that play, get to the quarterback. Uh, so a huge day for Mike Love. The other guy that I wrote about, uh, Tanzel Smart, who shout out to draft diamonds when, when the Bills were had him in, um, Damon Talbot, uh, all in the family, right? Yeah, yeah. He posted a video of of one of Smart's workouts or retweeted a, a video that he had uh, posted a while back, and he just looked an absolute beast. And I was wild. And then he got to to camp after the Bills signed him, and I was like, man, this dude's like really small. Like he's like a really small interior defensive lineman. Doesn't matter. 
I mean, he's he was a terror out there today. I mean, every time I looked up and I looked into the backfield and there was a defensive player causing pressure on Josh Allen, it felt like it was 74. Tanzel smart every single time. He's got like a relentless motor. And I think that his style is going to really appeal to the Bills. I, I Now, can he make the roster? That's a whole separate debate because you have Vernon Butler, who I'm pretty sure without the contract in front of me, year one of that deal is guaranteed almost. And so he, he almost feels like a lock. You got Harrison Phillips, who's a lock. Uh, Ed Oliver, who's a lock. And then after that, it gets kind of interesting. Quentin Jefferson is kind of that... Um, can't tell you where he's been playing, but he's kind of that hybrid that can play a little bit of both. I still think he's more of a tackle. Most of his reps last year, I still think the majority came on the inside. So we'll see how that plays out, but that you're sitting there looking at four right there. Then you have to figure in Vincent Taylor, who's had some sacks himself. So it's going to be an uphill climb. I think that smart has 100% outplay Justin Zimmer. Uh, so far, the two defensive tackles that they signed last week. Uh, and so He's somebody that, you know, if he continues to play well, does can Brandon Bean afford to stash him? And he can maybe, to me, he reminds me, obviously, um, in, not as heralded as Jordan Phillips as a former second-round pick, but a guy that, you know, if he's going to buy in here and he can and somehow find an opportunity in this defense to make some waves, that, that could be a guy to watch. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, some other talk. Now, you've already mentioned, though, that the defense was pretty dominant today, but some people asking about the Backer play specifically AJ Klein and then a little bit of cornerback talk. Anyone pop in the cornerback room and how is AJ Klein looking at the linebacker position? AJ Klein was pretty good today. He had a real nice pop on TJ Eldon uh, on a pass play that um, it was just a bad ball from from Barkley, a little bit out of reach. But AJ Klein made sure that Yeldon wasn't going to catch it, so he was active out there. Uh, nothing bad to report. Um, uh, again, I, I, I'm excited to get that first game to kind of dig into to see how the Bills are planning to utilize him. There was, there was, because uh, I, I can't really talk about it right now. So we got to kind of move on before I say something that's going to get me into trouble. <laughs> um, but I do want to bring up Voshan Joseph because as we've been doing these daily pods, I've noticed his name pop up in the chat quite a bit. And today I made it a point to watch him. And I thought that. You know, I wrote about it. I just thought he was a little bit slow. I think the the loss of a season and the reps that he lost all last year where guys like Cam Lewis and Tyrell Dotson were on the practice squad getting, you know, irreplaceable reps and experience. You know, Vashawn Joseph's just a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to that. And he looks a little bit slow. John Falketa, Jose Akendo reference. I love it. Uh, I'll get to him in a, in a minute. Uh, not too much to report on that. But I just thought that Voshan, you know, I, I'm always impressed with Dotson from the, from the perspective that I feel like he's executing his assignment. And today I thought that Vashan Joseph was a little late on some pass plays. Not, I didn't like the fact that his nose wasn't really around the ball too much when I was looking at who was, you know, kind of in there at the end of a play on a run. So I think that he's got a bit of an uphill climb, you know, right now. I, it's hard to say you know, how they're valuing that. Like, you know, the, he farther was said these, you know, these guys are being evaluated pretty heavy on the special team side of things. So that's a, something I can't talk about, but B something that, you know, even if I could, I feel like what they're seeing or what maybe I'm seeing might not mash up. So, you know, it'll be interesting if he makes the team, you know, 
they're definitely high on on his upside and what he can bring. And I haven't seen, I haven't noticed him too much on you know, them unleash him as a pass rusher, which I think coming in was where his upside really, you know, uh, was at because he's so athletic, he's so fast. Um, in terms of corners, Dane Jackson today, a couple fun matchups with John Brown. I thought he did a respectable job, but as you you saw from the story, nine receptions for John Brown to lead the way. So, you know, the rookie got a little bit of medicine today, uh, got to get thrown to the wolves, but that's good. You mean, you, you know, if you're in a situation with Josh Norman already out and, you know, what this depth chart ends up looking like is anybody's guess, but da- there's a real chance that Dane Jackson could, you know, depending on how this season goes and depending on the injury situation throughout the season, he could get some, some snaps at some point. And so you want him to have these experiences now um, they would have been great in a preseason environment, but he got some of those today. No doubt about it. You wrote a little bit about it, but Young King wrote, is Tyler Bass starting to separate himself from house money or house money? Yeah, I believe he is. And it's twofold. Number one, uh, you know, the struggles that Hauschka has had from distance today, Bass was the only one that kept field goals. Um, he was one of two. The miss was 55, but those wins were swirling and it was just like a little, it would have been good for distance wise. It just went a little bit wide left. Uh, but bass, man, he's such a weapon as a kickoff um, person. He, he had two kicks into the wind today that he put one, he put out of the end zone and the other one, he forced a touchback. So that's a real weapon. And I think that the leg strength with Hauschka presents a problem, but this, this brings in the interesting topic. If you're nervous at all, and Sean talked about it a little bit on his press conference this morning, that it's still in the cards that, you know, he's not saying the Bills won't keep two kickers. You know, as a matter of fact, he's, he kind of left the door open a little bit to the possibility. And, and so if they get to the to the um, opener and they say, oh, okay, we got an- breaking news. The Bills just released Stephen Hauschka and Lachlan Edwards. Wow. Well, and there you have it. Like I said, I think Tyler Bass was winning the competition, <laughs> and I think that the Bills confirmed that uh, that situation. And it's interesting. I wonder if today was, you know, the look they wanted at Tyler Bass. Stephen Hauschka did have two kicks today. They were extra points, and he missed one of them. So the kicking competition as of now is over. It'll be interesting to see if they, if they maybe bring in another veteran. Um, but you know, we haven't talked to Steven Hauschka all off season, all training camp. Um, I wonder, you know, if part of that, you hate to speculate, but I wonder if part of that was, you know, uh, the writing a little bit being on the wall when you draft the kicker, you know, in the sixth round, like the bills did, we've talked about this many times, you know, there's plans for him. And I think that Tyler Bass really talented has shown that so far uh, and did enough to, to looks like as of now win the job. So we'll see how that, that transpires, but some breaking news on the shout football podcast. Make sure you're tuning in always. All right. As we're talking about the kicker position, nonetheless, I mean, come on, you, you, you can't time it any better than that, but That's great. You, you know, you nailed it. Uh, it. It's more than just the field goal kicks. It, it's the kickoffs. And in November, in December, those swirling winds are, are pretty common. 
So being able to kick into the wind like that and, and force a touchback and make those teams uh, have to march the entire way down the field is going to be huge against the Buffalo starting defense nonetheless. So Bass in that respect made a lot of sense. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. After that Sean McDermott press conference today, I really did think that two kickers were in play uh, just because not just because of the fact that Hauschka is pretty reliable from 45 in. But based on the fact of COVID and testing, and if a player tests positive the night before a game, you know, what are you going to do? Who's going to be kicking field goals? They, there was a joke that maybe it would be Micah Hyde volunteering for that role or someone else uh, from, from the media perspective. But you might find yourself in that situation, and you don't want to have a, a, a positional player kicking field goals in a game that's really going to maybe matter, have a kick come down to winning or losing a game. So it's really going to be interesting because the Bills, at least I would think, are going to have to add some kind of kicker onto their practice squad just to protect themselves from the event that something happens in season and have that extra guy that you can bring up with an offensive lineman on game days uh, to make it a 55-man roster if you ever needed to in that event. So really interesting, but you know, kudos to the Bills to release Hauschka now because I think one, it gives him plenty of time to find a new job out there rather than and he's gonna get, he's gonna get one real quick. I mean he's gonna a get a job like that. You're gonna find a, a team that's kicking one in in a dome or something like that that wants a reliable kicker and, and Hausch is gonna be excellent for them. So you know Hausch has been very good. He, you know he, Hausch money as he was called here. He's not gonna be out there on the market for long, but better to release him now and give him the, his choice of teams rather than wait in, in, until, you know, right before the start of the regular season. Big, uh, big afternoon for, for Tyler Bass, obviously. And if you, if you, if you want, go, go over to the site, search Tyler Bass. Uh, I did a feature on him a few months ago where I was able to talk to his college kicker, uh, obviously some comments from Heath Farwell. And I think that the writing was certainly on the wall. I, I really got a good vibe off of him and what I feel like uh, Heath Farwell saw in him at his pro day, et cetera. It's a, it's a cool read, uh, and you can check that out. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, shout a Buffalo football podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we got some cool things popping with the show. Uh, we probably won't be back until Sunday to, to recap Sunday's uh, practice. Uh, they'll have one tomorrow, I think, but it'll likely be light. So stay tuned. As always, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time.